So take your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 12, if you will. Deuteronomy chapter 12. In this passage of Scripture, we have Moses is teaching the children of Israel uh, before they will go back into the land of promise. Uh, Keep in mind they came to Kadesh Barnea and then they turned back and they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. Now they've come back and they're again going to be right on the brink of going into the promised land. And Joshua will be the one who will lead them into the promised land and send the two spies. And so Moses is being used of God to give them a last minute warning. So you have instructions. Keep in mind, uh, the book of Leviticus was written uh, as the, uh, or Exodus, I mean Genesis, Exodus chapter 20 was the Ten Commandments. And then Leviticus explained the law in detail, but Exodus 20 was the Ten Commandments that were given. But now in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and the rest of Deuteronomy, you go over the law once more. In fact, Deuteronomy means second law, Deuter meaning two, onomy meaning law, second law. Why was that so? Because there's a whole new generation, right? The old generation has died in the wilderness. So they heard, the ones who died heard the instruction of Moses, but these new ones have not. And so now before they go into the land of promise, Moses is making sure before he goes off the scene that they know exactly what to expect and what to do when they go into the land of Canaan. Now, particularly in chapter 12, we find that there's three times that Moses is going to speak to the children of Israel and he's going to say, take heed to yourselves. Take heed to thyself is how he says it. Take heed to thyself. And so it's going to be very important for them to uh, listen to what he's saying about taking heed to yourself and what uh, God wants them to do. Now, you're going to find the Apostle Paul understood that, too, in the same Holy Spirit that inspired the Old Testament, the same Holy Spirit that inspired the New Testament. And uh, the Apostle Paul will say several times, take heed to thyself, especially as he's writing to Timothy. Take heed to thyself. Uh, Timothy's a young preacher and he's got to teach people, but the emphasis is take heed to yourself and then you'll be able to teach and lead and guide everybody else as well. So rather than reading all the verses in chapter 12, we are going to focus on the three verses where it says to take heed to thyself. And we're going to read the first one and have a word of prayer. But before we do that, Uh, Let me give a general announcement for those in the Best Years Club. That's anyone 55 years of age and older. Uh, One of our first trips coming up is August the 1st through the 4th, and that is to Leavenworth. And we have room for four couples. We have 18 signed up right now. Uh, 16 of those will be on the shuttle, and that gives us room for four couples or three couples and two singles or Two couples and four singles, you do the math. Uh, Anyway, two per room, and we have four rooms that are available. If you are interested in doing that, then this information sheet is on the uh, uh, information desk out front. And then, of course, those who are going to the trip in Alaska, that's the 19th of August through the, uh, well, eight days from there, 27th. 
and we have 33 people that have already paid in and signed up, and so it's going to be a large crowd. Keep in mind, we'll have our own room, and we'll have church services on the ship, and so that's going to be a good thing. Maybe we'll have a big window and be able to look outside. I don't know, but uh, it's going to be a good time fellowshipping together. Now, as we look to chapter 12, we find he mentions this three different times and three different subjects. And it's interesting that uh, when he says, take heed to yourself, that is not a suggestion. That is an order. That is a command. And we need to make sure. It's like saying in English, uh, be sure to do that. Be sure to do this. Uh, For instance, it's something that's very necessary before you go on a long trip. Uh, you mentioned to somebody, hey, you need to water the plants while I'm gone. Nothing like coming back after a week and a half, it's been hot, and all the plants in the house are wilted or dead. And so you've got to do that. Or like saying to your son, now, son, be sure to take the trash out. Now, that's just not a suggestion. I mean, if you don't take the trash out, then you've got to do something with it, right? It's going to smell up the place. You've got to get rid of that. So there's necessary things, and there's three of those, and we're going to start with verse 13. So let's read that verse together. Take heed to thyself that thou offer not thy burnt offerings in every place that thou seest. And let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we have together. And Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit of God would speak to our hearts from your word. What a blessing your word is, Lord. It's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. What a blessing. And Lord, I pray that you will um, challenge us even tonight. And as you told so many years ago, these Israelites to take heed to themselves, Lord, would you speak that to our hearts? Lord, we're just people like they were people. And we can have a wayward heart if we're not careful. And we constantly have to battle the pull of our own flesh to do something wrong or not do that which is right. And Holy Spirit of God, I pray you'll take your word and challenge us, speak to us, strengthen us, encourage us. Whatever it is we need, Lord, let the Spirit of God bring it and make it so. We pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. Of course, we forgot to mention that this Sunday, we also have a tour group from West Coast Baptist College. And so that's going to be a good time for our students to meet them. And then the very next week from Hiles Anderson. So two good colleges back to back. In this passage of scripture, taking heed to thyself that thy offer not thy burnt offerings in every place that thou seest. Now, if you continue to read from verse 12, you're going to find that Moses is used of God to tell the people that God will designate a spot. And he says, you are not to be like the people that inhabited the land that would worship God on any hilltop, on any hillside, on any uh, vacant lot. Uh, anyone's home. It's not worship God wherever you want to. It's worship God how he wants to. And so there's an important distinction. He says the people before verse 12, he says the people of the land, they would worship God in abominable ways, even burning their own children in the fire 
God says, which is an abomination to him. And so God is being very careful. He said, know this, when you go into the land, you're not to worship God or have a sacrifice or an offering just anywhere you want, anytime you want to, any way you feel like it. No, sir. He says, you are going to bring that to a place that I will spell out for you. And of course, we know that once they got established, they set up the tabernacle and that became the place that they would worship until Solomon would one day build the actual temple. And so he's telling them to worship where I say worship. Now, in the New Testament, guess where that would be? Guess where God would want us to worship? Hmm... Hmm, where might it be? Hmm, well, it's in a place called a church, the called out assembly. It's not specifically speaking of the building, it's speaking of the gathering of God's people. The Bible says in, uh, in uh, Hebrews chapter uh, 13, verse 25, uh, chapter 10, verse 25, Uh, and not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Not forsaking the, uh, what's that word? Assembly, assembly. Uh, Now, it doesn't say, and and not, oh, oh, I hate to say this because I'm on, I know people are watching at home. It's so good. Uh, Just close your ears for just a minute. Because the Bible does not say, not forsaking the live stream of your church, but exhorting them to watch the TV more and more on live stream until the day comes, approaches. No, no, no. It says, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And then it says, uh, oh, it says this interesting phrase. As the manner, as the manner of, of some is. Isn't that an interesting thing? As the manner of some is. Did, did the Holy Spirit know about COVID? I don't know. Did the Holy Spirit know about vacations and, oh, Hey, listen, we know you gotta go on vacation. Praise God, we got two families on vacation. We're glad to have you here today. And I hope you get to go on vacation. So it's not saying you can't be there, you got to be there, but it's saying when you're on vacation, hey, find a church and go to it. That's what they did. They're here in church. They're on vacation and they're going to church. Well, that's what good Christians do, right? You, you, you find a church to go and worship God on that service. And that's exactly not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together assembling as the manner of some is. Now, that's almost 2,000 years ago, and apparently there were some that didn't assemble, and they were Christians. Now, we are not saved by works. We're saved by grace. Amen? Aren't you glad of that? <laughs> uh, I could say, well, I, I, I go to church. Well, that's good. Well, do you keep all the other commandments? Well, maybe not so well. Uh, all of them, but that is one of them I do strive to keep. Uh, we're not better than those who don't. We just know that that is what God has a will for us as believers. He wants us to assemble together. 
And so much the more as you see the day approaching, not so much the less. No, that's a wrong interpretation. So much the more as you see the day approaching. So I ask you the question, do, do you see the day approaching? Does it look like we're getting closer and closer to the coming of the Lord? Wouldn't it be nice if he came on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or a Wednesday night and he found us in church? And that, wouldn't that be a wonderful time for the rapture? Wouldn't we go up in the air with a big smile on our face and say, I'm so glad I decided to come tonight. Oh boy, this really worked out good. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I had a little headache, but I came anyway. So thank you, Lord. Well, we are certainly going to be appreciative whenever it is that, that Jesus comes for us. But we are going to be grateful that we were not forsaking the assembly. Our church home should uh, be intertwined with our church. Our church and our home should be intertwined. But our church, our home is not our church. The home is not your church. You say, well, at home we read the Bible. At home we do this. At home we do. Oh, that's fine. That's a wonderful thing. That's, that's called a Christian home. But it doesn't make it a church. A church is where you assemble with other believers, other believers. And uh, we're all on different pathways, as it were. Uh, we've been raised different. We've been uh, in different experience. But we have the same Savior, and we're traveling in the same direction in that we're trying to serve Jesus Christ with our lives. So may I say, if again you're watching online, I'm not preaching against you. I'm just preaching God's Word. And God wants us, if you're physically able, if you can't, that's fine. You, you stay there and you watch us online and we're glad for that. But when we're physically able, let's make it to the house of God. I've often said when I get old enough, I can't walk. I want to get a wheelchair and get wheeled in. When I get so old, I can't, I can't fit in my wheelchair or slouch down in it. I want maybe one of those hospital beds with those big wheels that roll real easy and just let me sit by, the, you know, lay by the, the front and just wave to everybody that comes in. And every once in a while, one of you come in and just wipe the drool off my chin. That's okay. But I want to go out serving God. Go out serving God. So don't just uh, offer things anywhere we offer the sacrifice, we serve God, we worship God at the place of His calling. And that's exactly what verse 12 is saying, and the verses that will follow that will say the same thing as well. Now in verse 19, we have a different subject. The Bible says, "...take heed to thyself that thou forsake not the Levite as long as thou livest upon the earth." Now, you know that when they go into the land of promise, they're going to divide up, and Joshua will have been given that duty to divide up the land among the 12 tribes, right? But you also know that the tribe of Levite does not get an inheritance in the land. That's why the tribe of Joseph is not called the tribe of Joseph, 
but it is called the tribe of Ephraim and Manasseh, Joseph's two sons. So when they split, Ephraim and Manasseh, the children of Joseph, born in Egypt, they will take the place of the tribe of Joseph and Levi. Levite has been called a priest of God, and God says the land is not their possession. God says, I am the Levite's possession, and the Levites belong to me. And that's interesting. Ever since the Passover, and you recall what happened in Egypt, there was the death of the firstborn son, right? And God said, because of the death of the firstborn son, and because I spared the firstborn son out of all of Egypt, no one in Goshen died. That's where the Israelites lived. They had the blood on the post. And the angel, when I see the blood, I will pass over thee. But God said, because of that, because I spared the firstborn of every family, They belong to me. The firstborn son of every family in all of Israel belong to me. And that's what God says. You've read the Bible through, right? So you you might have skipped that portion, but if you read it very carefully, you're going to see that's true. And God says, the firstborn of every son, of every family member, of every tribe, belong to me. But God said, rather than me take out the firstborn son of every family, I'm going to take one tribe, one tribe. And so I'll take the tribe of Levi, and they will be my people. And so they number all the men in the tribe of Levi, and they number all the firstborn men in all the land of Israel, all the other 11 tribes. And God says, I'll take the tribe of Levi, and the tribe of Levi was 1,250 short. In other words, there were more firstborn men in the 11 tribes than all the men in the tribe of Levi. So God says in the book of Deuteronomy that I will charge the nation of Israel five shekels for every man they lack. So 1,250 times five shekels, and that was put into the treasury to help the Levites. Now, they did not get land, but if you read the passage of Scripture in Deuteronomy, you're going to find that God did give them cities and borders around the cities. Not big enough borders for uh, gardens and big land, but enough maybe for a little patch of garden or whatever. So they didn't have animals to keep. They didn't have all of those type things. How were they to be taken care of? By the other 11 tribes. The other 11 tribes were to bring offerings and tithes to the tabernacle, to the place of God's choosing, which was the tabernacle, was in the place, uh, different places they would worship. 
that God dictated. Uh, and then finally it would be in the temple. And then in the New Testament, it would be the storehouse in Malachi, bring it all the house into my storehouse. And that is the New Testament church. Wherever a church assembles of born again believers and people who attend there, that's their storehouse. That's where they are to tithe. And so they give their tithes and offerings and God uses that so that every Bible-believing church gets to use that to get the gospel out, to send missionaries and uh, build buildings and outreach, but primarily, primarily to take care of men that God calls in ministry. To take care of men that God calls in ministry. Just as it was in the Old Testament, it is in the New Testament. That's why Paul says the laborer is worthy of his hire. Um, uh, That's why he said those who preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Now, why is that? Well, let me share this with you. Because it's not a profession. It's not a profession. It's a calling. It's a calling. If, if I want to be a carpenter, that's a profession. I get to choose that. And I can choose to be a carpenter, or I could choose to be a plumber, or I could choose to be an electrician, or I could choose to be something else, and that's okay. God gave me a free will. He gives me ability to choose, and I can choose what I would like to use to raise funds to provide for my family and give to the work of God. But a pastor or a preacher or a God-called missionary or evangelist or staff member is totally different because they don't choose that. They are called, called into that. God calls them. And now, once God calls them, it's up to them to start preparing to do the duties of which God has called them to do. And God's call on the New Testament church is to take care of his men. Uh, The Bible says to follow him whose faith follows. Submitting yourselves to spiritual leadership. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Take care of his needs. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 11, If we have sown unto you, let's put that verse up there, 1 Corinthians 9, 11. It's coming, okay. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, it is a great, is it a great thing that we reap your carnal things? That's what the Apostle Paul is asking the church of Corinth. And the answer is no. And it's not because a pastor or a assistant pastor asked for it. I've never met a pastor who goes around his church asking for money. I've never met an assistant pastor who goes around asking for money. I've never met an evangelist. Well, evangelist, that's different. No, no. I've never met evangelists. I've seen it on TV, but I've never met one. Why? They have confidence that God's people are going to follow God's plan. And God's plan is to give, and then they live on what is given. And the major thing here at Grandview Baptist Church is not to pay for these buildings and not to pay for new buildings, 
But the major thing is to make sure that we always take care of the godly staff that God called, most of whom they called when they were teenagers. They were teenagers. I was 17. Some of them were younger than I was when they were called. Some of them were older, like Brother Hoxie, an old man of probably 24 or 25. But God called him. Any one of them could make more money anywhere else. They're gifted. They're talented. They're able. They're capable. But it's our responsibility to take care of them because they are God's gift to us. Now, finally, we come to verse 30. Verse 30 says, Take heed to thyself that thou be not snared by following them after they be destroyed from before thee, and that thou inquire not after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. Now, in this passage, God is saying, Take heed to yourself. Do not follow the wrong crowd. Do not follow the wrong crowd. And I could be more specific and say that if I paraphrase this, God is saying, do not follow the wrong religious crowd, the religious crowd. He's talking about those idol worshipers. He's talking about the people of the land that served all these other gods that were not gods, but the creation of man's hands. And God says, don't be like them. Don't even ask, how did they serve their gods? Because you're to serve me and how they serve their gods, which were no gods, has nothing to do with how you are to serve me. You and I have been given a book that tells us how we should serve God. It's all written down here. It's all written down here. We don't have to add to it. We don't have to make it up. We don't have to compile a list of what we ought to do. It's it's just all right in here. Let's just, we read it and we do our best to obey it. But God tells us, don't worship like other people who aren't believers. Don't follow the wrong crowd. You'll end up just like them and also be destroyed as they were. We must be careful to follow the right examples and not people who are not following the Lord in the right way. And so three different times in this passage of Scripture, God is saying, take heed to yourself, take heed to yourself, take heed to yourself. And that's the message of Deuteronomy chapter 12, and it all has applications to our lives. Don't don't worship where you want to, worship where God wants. That's the local church. Don't forsake the Levites. Take care of God's men. Don't just uh, follow any religious people. You follow God's word, God's way. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this time we've had. Even though it's brief, I've enjoyed it. And Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit of God will use it to be a blessing to all of our lives. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. And at this time, Awana is going to be coming in and they'll be having their awards going on. If uh, Pete, could I have you open the door there for him? Uh, thank you.
All right. Well, we are very excited to get to honor some of these kids here who have done some amazing things this year. Uh, we've had a great year of Awana, and if you're not familiar with it, Awana is a program uh, based on Bible memorization where we get to memorize scripture every week, and there's a lot more to it, but we get to have some fun in the gym and also learn some lessons from our teacher, and we just have a great time every week, and the kids do such a good job, and they impress me every week with how many verses they come uh, having memorized and reciting every week. It's just impressive to see, and so we're very excited to have this time that they get to show off some of the things they've learned to you. Um, but every night we start off with our pledges. So we start with the American flag pledge and also the Awana pledge. So the kids are going to make their way up with our flags that we have. And then if you don't mind standing, we're going to recite our pledges together. We'll have the Awana pledge on the screen for you to uh, read yourself. Good job. All right, start with the American flag. Ready, begin. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And the Iwana flag, ready, begin. I pledge allegiance to the Iwana flag, which stands for the Iwana clubs whose goal is to reach boys and girls with the gospel of Christ and train them to serve him. All right. Well, Iwana is broken up into four different age groups, and we're going to start off with our first age group here. This is our youngest group, and they are the Puggles, and they are our two- and three-year-olds. going to say our Bible verse. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Ready? Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And then also every evening before we have our snack time, we sing our puggle song. And I have been so impressed by how well the kids have sung this year and learned together. So we are going to sing that for you guys. Here we go. Ready? Puggles giggle and they sing. Puggles like to run and play. Puggles sit so very still. Puggles fold their hands and pray. Puggles sit so very still. Puggles fold their hands and pray. All right, we are excited to give them each a certificate tonight. Uh, they are led by my wife, Chris Adalby, and she's going to help me pass these out. So kids, when you hear your name, if you could come up and receive your certificate. Oh, she's going to give it to him down there. That's a good idea. All right, here we go. Starting off with Cora Baldwin. 
And next is Jace Chrisman. Candace Howell. Jackson Lehman. Jameson Skinner. And Jackson Skinner. And Brooklyn Sullivan. And Hannah Suda. And let's give them one more big round of applause. And they're going to go ahead and head back to class. Thank you guys for coming. Next up is our next oldest group, and that is our Cubbies, and they're going to make their way up. This is our four- and five-year-olds. start off with the song and then they'll also be reciting a verse. And then we have a special medal to give each of them. And Miss Erica Davis is their leader, and she's going to help me pass these out. And we'll start off with Wyatt Churchill. And Cole Munsterman. And William Munsterman. And Sawyer Schmidt. Aaron Turner. 
and Liam Early. And let's give them all one big hand as they head back to their seat. And this is our Sparkies, and this is our second, first and second graders, and they have done an amazing job this year, led by Mr. Coe, and he's going to lead them in their Sparkies theme song, and then they will also be reciting a couple verses for us. job and we also have a few uh, sparkies that completed their book this year and also that not only finished their book but also went back and did review verses and finished all of their review verses and I'm excited to get to give them a few medals tonight so we're going to start off here with James Chrisman and Berkeley Walker And those who not only finished their book, but also finished the review, Richard Bozarth. And Andrea, Andrea Sullivan. And let's give them one big round of applause as they head back to their seats.
right, and this is our TNT. This is our oldest group. This is our third, fourth, and fifth graders, and they are led by Brother Paul Potter, and he did a great job with them. They did an amazing job this year. Some of the verses they memorize uh, give me a hard time when I listen to them, and so uh, I'm very impressed with everything that they did. They are also going to say a few verses together, and then there's a couple people that are going to say some on their own as well, so they're going to say those right now. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There we go. All right, we have a few that are going to say verses tonight individually. Uh, Christian and Lena. Christian's going to go first. Here you go. Hello, I'm Christian, and I am in fourth grade, and I will be reciting Revelations 4.11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasures they are and were created. And I will also be saying Romans 12.1-2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not, conform- transform- and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may s- prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And this is Lena Lee, and she has two verses that she's going to recite as well. Here you go, Lena. Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, not be afraid of them. And he and the word is Lord thou God. He is his dog with thee. He will not fail thee, not forsake thee. And Romans 6, 9. 
knowing that Christ rise that from the dead died no more that no more do doming over him. All right, and I'm excited to get to honor a few of them who've completed their book and also some who went through and did the review as well for their books as well. And so first off, we have Cam Borges. And William Estrada. Anna Mae Cullen. Anthony Mendoza. John Smithuk. And then we also have uh, three students who went above and beyond and did their review sections as well. And not only was there saying their verses every week that they do, but they also said four extra verses along with that every single week. And they did such an amazing job. And I'm excited to get to uh, honor them for that tonight. And so our first up, we have uh, Lena Lee. And Daniel Kim. And last is Christian Hall. And let's give all the TNT one more big round of applause. Great job, guys. All right, well, I couldn't have done it this year without... Uh, a great team of workers that God has blessed me with, and I'm so thankful for them. If you helped at all in Awana this year, if you don't mind standing, and let's give them a big round of applause for all their faithfulness and hard work. Awesome. All right, well, before we go, I just want to uh, give a quick announcement about our summer program that we will be starting in two weeks, and this is our Summer Blast program. We're excited to start this. Uh, it runs for about six weeks with one break for VBS in between there, but we're going to be doing uh, some workshops here where we get to build a few different projects and get to learn about a few people in the Bible who also uh, worked on uh, building things for God as well. And so we're excited about this program. Uh, if you'd like some more information, we're going to be sending out some things and also have some more information in the coming weeks for you. So that is coming up on June 14th, and we're excited about that. Well, let's pray, and then uh, we'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this wonderful night that you blessed us with, God. We got to gather together as the kids get to uh, recite some of their verses that they've worked so hard on this year, God. I'm thankful for them and their faithfulness, Lord. Thank you also for all of the workers that uh, you've blessed me with, God. I just thank you for them. Give us a great night tonight and a safe trip home. In your name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>